Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to another edition of the Better Together podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Rosario Picardo, and I'm here along with Callie Picardo. And we have a fabulous guest today. I'm so excited. We've got Reverend Dr. Tesha Mallory with us. Uh, Tesha is Dean of the Chapel at United Theological Seminary. She's also recently ordained as an elder in the United Methodist Church. Deacon. Deacon in the United Methodist Church. Sorry, I forget the distinctions, but she is ordained in the United Methodist Church as a deacon, and she is doing some incredible ministry. And one of the things that I noticed she did recently was um, an incredible response to um, the tragedy that happened in Uvalde, Texas, and not a fun thing to have to deal with. But when tragedy strikes, it's hard to know how to respond. Oh my goodness, Tesha, what went through your mind and how, what, how did you even figure out what to do with that? Yeah, so um, what at United, so I work at United Theological Seminary with my other, with Kelly and Roz, my amazing friends, and we are all church leaders. And when tragedy happens, um, you know, with this, this shooting in this school, but also the tragedy and um, just grief that we've been experiencing over the past two and a half, almost three years. And it's, of course, it's before that as well, but it seems hyper aware with COVID, you know, and just the wars going around around the world. You wonder, um, what can I do? There's this longing inside of you to respond um, to what's going on. And so at United, I just thought, you know, God, what am I good at? And I know that I'm really good at writing um, worship resources um, and prayer liturgies and music and things like that. And so I knew that one way that I could respond faithfully to how God made me is to create a worship resource for the church. And so we emailed it out to all of our constituents, all of our alumni and friends and students. And it was a prayer of lament to create space in our worship services. So church leaders creating space in our worship services for our, our people to, to lament before God. Tesha, what is lament? I mean, that, that I, that you, folks on the podcast may vaguely think, I've heard of lament. What is it? Yeah, it's, it's something we do right. in a lot, of, um, a lot of churches. Some churches are better at than others. I think the, yeah. the Black churches tends to be better at lament than a lot mm-hmm. of white churches are. But what, what is lament? Yeah, we don't, we don't really use that word, right? Um, expressing, I would say that lament is expressing our deep grief or our, our anger, our, um, just our emotions, our sorrow, our sadness um, in some way, shape, or form. And as Christians, that's what we're talking about this today, I think it's really important as Christians that we are expressing our grief, our anger, our sorrows, our despair, our depression before God. Um, grief is one, grief is what makes us human. You know, it, there's that's there's humanity in that 
And for Christians to kind of detach from grief is like detaching from reality because the world that we live in is um, we believe that it's, you know, affected by sin, by, by um, it's not the way that God wants it to be right. God's kingdom is here, but it, we're waiting for God's kingdom to come in fullness. And so we're still dealing with, with sin and brokenness and despair. Um, and so we, as Christians and as church leaders, it's our responsibility. It's important for us to lead our um, people in lament before God and expressing that, that grief and that sadness. Is it okay to be angry though? I mean, if I'm a good Christian, I've got the joy of the Lord in my heart. Everything's great, right? Like, am I okay? is it okay to be angry? And is it okay to be angry with God? Um, I will say yes. <laughs> um, I, the, what I go back to is I go back to Jesus because Jesus is God, right? Um, fully human, fully God. He, and so he experienced all of our humanness. And what did he say right before he died on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did you let this happen to me? <laughs> Jesus cried that out right before he died. And so I think that Jesus is a great model for us to um, follow in our walk with the Lord. Amen. Uh, we, oh, go ahead, Russ. No, I, it, it's just interesting because, you know, we're in a pain-averse culture and pain-averse, you know, Western Christianity where we don't want to deal with grief and hurt and trauma. Um, how how have you seen churches respond to these instances and how have you seen Christians model this well? Yeah, um, I know, for example, your church, Mosaic Church, does a really good job of this. <laughs> I was um, just hearing your worship leaders and and seeing what you, you're doing online, acknowledging it online, especially on social media. Everybody's on social media. Churches acknowledging whatever is going on in the world on, on social media, calling people to pray, but also calling people to action. Those two things go hand in hand. Um, prayer and action are just as important as one another. Um, also like what I, the resource that I sent out is a prayer of lament. So, um, it's just in worship pastors or whoever's leading the prayer say naming things out loud, God, we are, we are in this prayer. For example, I said, there is pain and suffering on a scale that we can't understand or comprehend. Cause that's what I, sometimes I sit here and I'm like, there's so much suffering in the world. Um, it's everywhere. And just naming that before God. Um, I think I said, mothers and fathers are weeping for their children. There's war all over the world. There's conflict. Um, just naming that before God and allowing people to just sit with it to even you can sit in silence you can have people have a response. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. I would suggest that we allow people to even shout, Lord, have mercy. You know, like let people show emotion. And like you said, the black church are so much better at this than, than the white church, in my in my opinion, and in my experience, um, because we don't want to show that we have emotions. One thing I do want to point out um, that goes along with this, this is a quote, and I think it's by Mother Teresa, but you never know online, you know, they have the, this attributions. Um, 
And I love this quote. And I go to this quote very often. It says, pain and suffering have come into your life. But remember, pain, sorrow, and suffering are but the kiss of Jesus, a sign that you have come so close to him that he can kiss you. Mm-hmm. Like Christianity, when we come to worship, we are um, we are living out an active remembrance of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Every time we worship, we are entering into the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And so sometimes it's going to feel a little more like death, right? We want to rush to the resurrection. But those things are they're held in balance and they're held in tension. And I love um, when you go into like Roman Catholic churches, Christ is actually on the cross. Like there's a crucifix. He's, he's hanging on the cross because that church identifies a lot with the suffering of Christ. We are suffering is united with his suffering. And so when I and I do, I think about that a lot. And when I when I pray, when I'm in moments of sadness and despair, I think. Christ suffers with me. Christ is with me on the cross. And and that going back to worship resourcing, taking it to the cross in our worship is a great way to help people in their suffering because we realize that Christ became sin for us. And I was imagining before our conversation um, with those elementary school children who were shot and the people in Buffalo and just all the death, I was imagining like, Jesus taking those gunshot wounds as he was hanging on the cross because he did that for us. And it transforms the way that we think about how God is with us in our suffering. That can be a very powerful tool to know that God suffered. Christ, Christ (laughs) bore our griefs. You know, he's there with us. We're not alone. And so, yeah, I think it's a powerful. We have have a God who fully knows what we're going through and is compassionate and mm-hmm. is is knows intimately that suffering but also you know is overcome the grave too so we are we are mm-hmm. in the midst of evil we are in the midst of suffering but we also are overcomers because yes. we are new creations in Christ and the resurrection overcame death and overcame the grave and overcame mm-hmm. evil and sin and death and um Tashi hit a bit a little bit on it already but I know one of the things that you've said really has impacted you with lament and with worship is starting with a place of theology, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in recovery. I'm like recovering that term in my life because in my mind, I'm like theology. Oh my yeah. goodness. That's like yeah. heavy yeah. and dense. And that's not fun at all. That's just theoretical. That's not practical. Um, but we all have our own theologies. It's our, how we think about God. It is mm-hmm. our, our, what we believe about God and that impacts how we respond in, in, in all areas of life, but especially in times of crises. I mean, how, uh, what, what type of theology, I don't know what question I want to ask. Yeah. What, what type of theology is helpful? What, what, yeah. what's the best starting place with so this? So when I think about theology and uh, so when, when I craft worship resources for people, my first thing is what do we believe about God? Who is God? That's theology, right? Like the study of God, who is God? And so um, I know, like I, we've been kind of talking about that already. I know that Jesus is fully human and fully God. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins, for the sins, the suffering, and the grief of the world. But he also rose again on the third day and we will be raised with him. So when I craft worship resources, I'm like, okay, especially for suffering, cr- grief, lament, like what are we grieving over? Where, where is the death? Where, where do we see death and sin in our world? 
Okay, so we can name those things. We can sit with those things. We can sing through those things. We can cry together. We can join with one another in sharing um, what we're dealing with. Get vulnerable with one another, even at church. I've done that before. I've been like, turn to your neighbor. Even if it's somebody you came with, you might not be comfortable sharing with somebody you don't. But if you are, share with them, what what are you carrying into this place today? What are you carrying into this worship space that we can name and lay down before the cross at the feet of Jesus? And then we can um, lament that, grieve that, but then catch the hope of Christ because he rose from the dead. And so it's not this, this happy, clappy, you know, he won the victory, which he did win the victory. I'm really grateful for that. But it's, it's, a, it's a tension. It's together. Um, and we're just experiencing a lot more grief right now. And hopefully it won't be like that for much longer, but we, we just don't know. So theology, like who is God? Who does God tell me? Who I like, how do I know who I am because of who God is? I know that I don't have to be afraid of my grief. I can, I can grieve through it to find healing in Jesus. And I know the Holy Spirit is always with me and that Jesus is my shepherd, that the Holy Spirit empowers me so that even my grief can become a testimony for what God is doing in my life. So yeah, theology, doctrine, it can sound like real big, scary words, but it's so important because like you said, everybody has beliefs about God, but the church pastors. We, you know, we say, no, this is who God is. God doesn't hate you, right? God doesn't want to see you suffer. God does you know, like we name who God is for um, the sake of the world. I love that starting point though. What do I believe about God that's true? Like, mm-hmm. what do I know? Because sometimes when there's so much evil in the world, it can just feel like, gosh, what do I stand on? Like, I, I like, yeah. I, I, life is so crazy. Like, is what, what grounds me and coming back to, okay, what do I know about God? That's true that I can stand on in the midst of the storm around me. What's my firm foundation going back to God's love, God's grace, God's hope, God's justice, that God will make all things right in the end. You know, what, what can we stand on and starting with that question? What do we know about God? That's true. I think that that's so powerful. And it's really important. And it's so important that, and this is another angle for why we provide space for lament in worship is because sometimes when people are at home by themselves dealing with depression or despair, they stay there, right? And we as the church together, we can guide people through moments of lament, but into places of trust, right? We Like, don't, like, don't let people wallow in their despair, right? Yeah. Grieve in, we see it in the Psalms. I know your church did something about writing a Psalm of lament. Mm-hmm. Like we grieve, but at the end we say, but I will put my hope and trust in you. Even if I don't see the promised land, I know that, you know, you are still working, that kind of thing. So it's just really important that we as a church give shape and words to people to grieve. In the, Psalms in in the laments, um, you have those sections where yes, there is deep grief and pain and despair, and then there's the refrain that comes in. Do you want to say something about that? Yeah, um, I w- when I was working on the prayer that I wrote, I um, used the psalm of different songs of lament. But to me, the structure seems like you know, God, where are you? <laughs> Why are you angry at me? What, you know, I cry out to you, hear me in my despair. And, but it goes back to, but I will put my trust and my hope in you. You are my rock and my redeemer. There's always this anchor, right? 
it's like, yes, there's chaos and there's, there's sadness, there's grief, but that we have this anchor of our hope that's in Jesus because Christians do not grieve as those without hope. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead and that it is defeated and that we will be raised with him as well. So, yeah, just like you said, there's the, that anchor of hope. There's that anchor of who God is, even when we can't see it or we can't comprehend what's going on. Um, it anchors us. Asha, I've been uh, going back to this verse a lot from First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Um, It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Mm -hmm. And I love that idea of it's a living hope. Like it's not dead. It is living, it's active, it's moving, and it's through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Because Jesus overcame the grave, we have new birth, new life into a living hope. And I'm like, that just sounds like a powerful hope. I need that powerful living hope in my life that is continuing to move, continuing to work, continuing to bring me out of despair, out of sorrow, guiding me through lament, but also Mm -hmm. the place of hope in the end. Definitely. God is not in our worship services. I like to say this a lot. God is not an antique on the shelf. That's like dusty that we talk about, right? We're not saying we're not talking about God, we do talk about God, but you know, it's not this thing that's in a, you know, hidden away. God is living. The Holy Spirit is active. And what if we approached worship as if the Holy Spirit was really living and working and active in our midst? So, Tasha, speaking of worship, I know you often lead worship. Are there some songs in particular that are really good for when you're dealing with pain and want to name it, but get to that place of hope? Yeah. Um, one that I really enjoy, there's a song by Hillsong called Even When It Hurts. And I, the first time I heard it, I just thought it was a breath of fresh air. Mm. Even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. You know, even when, even when the world is falling around, around me, I will praise you. Um, there's also the song Defender. I've listened to that one a lot. A lot of what I go to, I like a lot of um, kind of liturgical um, things that are more ancient, there's a thing called the Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. When you don't know what to say, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy on us. And there are a lot of modern renditions of that. A lot of artists have taken that and made it more modern. So, and myself included, I like to write a lot of music that's kind of based on ancient liturgies because sometimes they say things better than we could and they're smarter than me. You know what I'm saying? Like they've done the work. So um, do that. Um, what else? I thought of another one and I completely forgot it because I was talking, but those are some (laughs) good ones. And it just made me think too, that I grew up in the Episcopal church and we use the book of common prayer, which, you know, when growing up and they're reciting some of them every week, it's like, they get, you know, my mind kind of got numb to them. But now when I go back to them, I'm like, wow, some of these prayers are powerful. And some of them are the prayers of the people and naming Lord have mercy and Mm -hmm. in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer, like crying out to God. And Mm -hmm. there's, there's something powerful about those prayers passed down to us from our church mothers and church fathers. Mm -hmm. You think they've been around for, you know, thousands of years, (laughs) stuff that lasts that long might be, you know, (laughs) might be kind of legit. And so I, that's kind of the first place that I go is what has the church already done 
because this is not the first time that people have experienced grief and suffering, right? Like, especially mm-hmm. the martyrs, people who were ripped apart by mm-hmm. lions in a coliseum. Like, it's, it's there's some hardcore stuff. And so what it, what's already out there? And the Book of Common Prayer um, is a really good place to start. Um, I go to the Eastern Orthodox liturgies a lot. They're a really good place to go as well. Um, but yeah, there are resources out there. Book of Common Prayer, Eastern Orthodox liturgies. If you look in your your denomination's book of worship, but if you also, if you're a layperson, you can talk to your pastor, and your pastor also will have resources around this as well. So, awesome. Tasha, this is the Better Together podcast, so we always yeah. like to ask people how how this is making us better together. Gosh, how can lament and worshiping God through the pain make us better together? Yeah, I don't know about you, but when I see someone else. Um, crying, when I see them grieving, when I see them, um, just their pain, there's something in me that connects like the humanity in me, right. Connects to the humanity in this person and, you know, Jesus and his gut wrenching compassion, when he sees people who are, who are going through it before he healed people, when Lazarus was dead, you know, Jesus was filled with compassion and we need to have compassion for one another. We're polarized politically. Our world is, we're just ripping each other apart. And I believe that it can be a tool to actually show like, hey, this stuff really affects me. You know, like my African-American brothers and sisters who are afraid to go to the grocery store, or, you know, afraid to do X, Y, Z, you know, fill in the blank. This really affects them. And a lot of times when we were moved from each other, um, and we only see these things on the news or whatever a political pundit wants to say about it, that creates more conflict. And Jesus is a peacemaker and he wants us to actually face reality, <laughs> face one another. Um, so I think it could just be a tool to bring us closer together, to unite us in Christ. And that's powerful. Tesha, <laughs> if we want to follow your work or... The prayers that you're writing, is there a place that we can go? Do you have a website? Um, I have a worship consulting Facebook page, but because I'm going to say because of this prayer of lament, Mm -hmm. I have so many things written Mm -hmm. and God's just like, Tesha, like, why aren't you putting it out there? And I'm like, it's time, Jesus. (laughs) Yes. So um, if you look up Tesha Mallory, music and worship consultant on Facebook, um, I'm going to start putting stuff out there. I also work with Spirit and Truth a lot. It's an organization, a renewal organization, and I'll probably start publishing things through Spirit and Truth as well. But yeah, you can you can guarantee that I will start putting out more things like this. Awesome. Jesus said to. <laughs> so we'll we'll stay tuned for the book. In the meantime, you can look up Tesha Mallory on her Facebook page. And Tesha, thanks so much for being a guest today. Thanks for having me. I love you guys so much. I believe in what you're doing, and we are co-laborers for the gospel. Amen. Amen. We'll share this podcast with someone that needs uh, some inspiration and in letting them know it's okay to lament and grieve. And uh, that's part of the Christian journey and walk. Until next time, remember, we are better together.